Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Today, I am joined by everyone's favorite hockey encyclopedia, Nick Lanciani, to talk about what Jake DeBrusque would bring to the Calgary Flames. And more up next on today's episode of Locked On Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Flames. Today, I bring in Nick to talk about my favorite Bruins player. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Got two <laughs> podcasts in today, so... That's why yeah. my attire is very one team specific. It's okay. Um, I have there. Oh, wait, no, it's on this side, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it's flipped. Oh, so oh, I the... better, better cover that up with a C. Make it, make it happen. <laughs> I know I wore it on Thursday's show. Spoiler alert, we're pre recording this, but um, I was like, I'm not changing. I'm, I'm right. it's fine. I don't have a Flames jersey yet, so I yet I kind of can't put a Flames jersey on okay. for this. I also don't have a Flames hat, so if anyone out there wants to send me, you know, any of your stuff, please and thanks. <laughs> now, you don't have a Flames jersey yet, and we'll get into Jake DeBrusque in a second, but who would you get at this very mo- current moment? I don't know. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau is probably the one that everyone would pick. Sean yes. Monahan. I've always liked Sean Monahan. I don't know how everyone always feels about him all the time. I know you're usually like, he's just so Sean Monahan. And I'm like, he's fine. Let him be. He's, I call he's him just a, a boy. I but, call uh, him a poor man's David Krejci. So I mean, exactly. Just <laughs> let him live on the first and or second line on any Third, given moment. He's fine. He's yeah. Fine. See, that's, that's the point is that he just, he exists. Yeah, he's doing great. You know? <laughs> uh, so I probably want to get Sean Monahan for those reasons. Uh, I already have a Jonas Donskoy jersey, so I've got my third liners covered. Yeah, awesome. I, you know, it would be hard for me to go with Andrew Mangiapane only because I like to go through this five-year rule where a player has to be <sighs> for at least Nick. five seasons to to be not quite a weird investment to make. You okay, know? that's fine. He's pushing three. That's fine. The 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 way that we tie this together here is like Dougie Hamilton, for example, his time in Boston and his time in Calgary wasn't quite long enough in either place to be like, I'm going to get a Hamilton jersey yeah. because then he went to Carolina. And if you were then a Hurricanes fan, you're probably like, uh, oh, and now he's in New Jersey. So yeah. if, if you just like to be like the traveling Yagers, then by all means, collect as many jerseys as you want. And you could get a Yarmir Yager Flames jersey if you want back in the day uh but, but yeah i i would either go with gaudreau because everyone would go with gaudreau or switch it up and uh pick one of the goaltenders yeah flip a coin either one is fine with me yeah exactly um so i ha- never buy jerseys because i'm petrified of this exact situation happening um been a big jig debrusque gal since you know he was drafted and came up blah 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 and then I still remember tweeting in 2019 that the Bruins better not trade Anders Bjork 
or Jake DeBrusque, like right around the trade deadline. And then look what happened. <laughs> right. And Sarah Sivian, at the time, she was uh, covering the Bruins and was like, mm, I don't think they're going to trade either of them. That would just be silly. Flash forward, and here we are discussing why Jake DeBrusque should move on from his time in Boston. <laughs> and, and in the uh, meantime, West. the York Sabres jersey looks pretty sweet. I, mean, I like the, the 3D graphics of the... Yeah, crest and everything. I mean, the Flames have that now with the Prime Green initiative, but uh, yes, can't go so, wrong with the Bjork jersey these days. No, but why would Jake DeBrusque look great in ketchup and mustard? Ketchup and mustard. Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, I'd hope he'd bring a napkin because he's going to clean up on the ice. Uh, well. Real, realistically, I'd, I'd like to take it a step forward here and, and get to the hypothetical. Who would the Flames give up for Jake DeBrusque? Dylan Dubé. I'm glad we were thinking of the exact same yes. player because I actually wrote down a few paragraphs to get my head in the zone here. And I, I won't read them all, but Dylan Dubé is the type of guy that you would throw in this deal given his $2.3 billion cap hit, given DeBrusque 3. Point, what is it, 6.75? Something like that, whatever. just under four. Just under four, and his next qualifying offer is going to have to be four and change, yeah. which means if you're the Flames and you want to get this done, you're going to have to move some salary the other way. The Bruins could retain 50%, and you'd still have to give up a guy like Dylan Dubé. And the Bruins might want a guy like Dylan Dubé. He's a couple of years younger than Jake DeBrusque. He's a center. At yeah. least according to Angel.com. He, if you look at Cap Friendly, they show him as he just puts a generic where forward. He goes where he's needed. Um, he's been playing a lot on the wing, and I feel like he's uh, very much like the Sam Bennett experiment, um, much better on a wing. And might just be better in a change of scenery, which is kind of how people have felt, at least if you're trying to run Jake DeBrusque out of town in Boston, how that type of fan base has felt. Whereas if you're, if you're me... Uh, I mean, he's great. He's a really nice guy. He does a lot of great things on and off cameras. And I get where he's coming from mm -hmm. because of an alleged rift that is in the room or whatever it is. Uh, allegedly, not that I've heard anything or not. But, uh, you know, like you're, you're not looking at a situation where a team's trying to bring in JT Miller and you're wondering, does this guy love the city or is this guy well liked by his teammates? Right. In either case, I've heard both sides of horrible things. With Jake DeBrusque, you don't hear anything bad. It's just that he needs to get a change of scenery for his own for his own purpose. Right. Not so much for his own career, not so much for whatever reason. He just wants to make a change. And for someone that's 25 years old, that's totally fine. We have to remember that they are people outside of being hockey players. Right. Like so, most 25-year-olds will like go out and like give themselves bangs or you know they'll buy their first expensive car whatever it may be but jake debrusque is not a normal 25 year old <laughs> right it's a professional so it's really athlete just, it, it all comes down to the price and right. the flames it's imperative that they add without subtracting at the 2022 nhl trade deadline which is coming up on march 21st 3 p.m eastern if anyone wants to know the exact time so uh, 1 p.m Calgary time. Local time in Calgary. Mountain time. Good old mountain time. I've been there. Not Calgary, but mountain time once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next time I'll go to Calgary. But 
you know, DeBrusque would bring a lot to the table within the top nine in, in the aspects that you want to add to. The Flames have already made the two biggest acquisitions since the offseason to this point. Blake Coleman might have been the best player available in free agency, and the Flames went out and signed him, which I love that. Again, it's not that he's a top six guy that's going to change the team overnight as a right. once-in-a-generation player, but he brings all the right assets to the table. He has the right skill set to get this team a little bit further than where they've been before because they've always had a solid core, but they've just been missing that piece or two to get them over the hump or get them past the, for example, Colorado Avalanche in the first round. Yeah. Or, you know, the Dallas Stars because that was exactly. more recent. And, and that's the thing is like this, when everyone last year was talking about blowing this team up, I was not buying into it at all because one, no one, first of all, no one's going to take some of these contracts. Like, no. Uh, number two, you would be absolutely silly to trade a player like Matthew Kachuk. Um, and, you know, you're not going to. You would really... move Gaudreau before you move Kachuk. Typically, exactly. if you're going to commit to, you know, like a Bruins centric sort of, sort of thing, if you're going to move on from Joe Thornton and stick with Patrice Bergeron, that's what you'd be doing. Exactly. And the thing here is, you know, there was no need, like there was so much talent and there is so much talent in that room that it just was a matter of finding a coach who could work with the team. And I exactly. think with a departure or two, there were, uh, it was a lot easier to work with and, you know, you're going with the flow instead of against the grain and, just because the Flames don't have a captain right now, like a named captain, doesn't mean that they're without leadership or without, you know, uh, a spokesperson in the room, if you will. Right, right. And and ultimately, to me, it's it's a matter of, okay, all that they needed to do was add to what they've had. Mm-hmm. And as long as they keep dropping the hammer from February to March into April in the regular season schedule, they'll be in a lot better shape than in years past where they haven't quite had enough or they backed themselves into the playoffs despite you know leading the league for like 90 percent of the season (laughs) yeah this year they they're coming in a little bit under the radar despite being one of the best teams in the western conference they're still being you know just out talked on radio stations across the country on because they're a western across the locked on network because Exactly. They're the Western team that you watch at like 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast. And oh, well, the Tampa Bay Lightning are two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. So of course they could win three in a row. Yeah. Right. Anything can happen. Make the playoffs first. Anything can happen. So Calgary already got Blake Coleman. Great thing to do in free agency. Yeah. Valentine's Day rolls around and they're feeling the love and they acquire Tyler Toffoli. And what do you know? That turns out to be really good. I mean, you got rid of uh, Pitlick, which still you got rid of one Tyler scored. for another. It was a significant upgrade. That Tyler for Tyler trade, as opposed to Tyler for Taylor or whatever, but <laughs> split over like eleven years. Uh, it, it all works out in the end for Calgary because they're in great shape. If they go out and get a Jake DeBrusque, if they go out and get anything at the deadline, great. 
If they don't, they've already done their homework, they've done their research, and they've prepared to the very best that they can get to be going down the stretch. Whether or not we see a rematch of the 2004 Stanley Cup final, I I don't know. And would that that go a different way this time around? Hopefully, for Flames fans. But, I mean, I also don't think that Tampa is necessarily guaranteed to make it back to the Stanley Cup final. That said, you look around at the rest of the Eastern Conference and, well, (laughs) who who is legit a a playoff contender or a cup contender among the eight teams that are already decided in the Eastern Conference with over a month left in the season, about two months, technically speaking. I would say Tampa, Florida, and Carolina. And everyone else outside of that could easily be out in the first round. Right. So I mean it's it's hockey like you know you think that in back in 2019 that columbus is gonna go in and get swept but instead they pulled the uno reverse and that's (laughs) the beautiful thing about hockey is that you never know what could happen and it's not predictable like everyone was panicking last year oh my god the leafs are finally gonna leave the first round no they did not It'll happen someday, but someday, not just not last when they play year. Montreal. Yeah, but we're gonna take just a quick break here, and then we'll dive right back into some more fun potential hypotheticals and whatnot. But first, let's talk about some snacks. Nick, are you a fan of snacks? I love snacks, salty snacks, sweet snacks, all snacks. Well, then I have the perfect snack for you. If you are someone who enjoys the sweet and salty snacks, Built Bars are the perfect snack for you because they are uh, covered in 100% chocolate and they taste like a candy bar, except they're not and they're so much better for you. And when I'm eating healthy, I tend to get these god-awful cravings where I'm like, I just want to eat like a box of like Reese's peanut butter cup eggs. Well, Built Bar has you covered there with a delicious peanut butter chocolate uh, protein bar that you can get for 15% off when you use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Well, thank you everyone for sticking around and making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. As always, it's a pleasure to have you tuned in with me. And this week I have a guest, Nick. You know, I... Ah, first of all, how are the Bruins doing right now? I know that they're in the middle of playing. That they are. Uh, stealing me away from the TV, it's fine. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, it's it's totally fine. They're, they're playing Vegas. I expect it to go away uh, or, or a different way. <laughs> Their six-game road trip that they've been on has brought them through Seattle, all of California, and Vegas and Columbus. Now you expect them to win at least like three of the games I've just mentioned and to maybe lose three of the games that they've either played already or will play. They just lost in Anaheim on the second night of back-to-back nights. They won seven to nothing in Los Angeles on Monday. They lost Tuesday. And who had a hat trick? Who had a hat trick in that game? Jake DeBrusque, who has had like nine points in his last six or seven games, depending on if you want to consider underway right now thursday night going to be friday's episode um so i mean that's pretty good but they've also been a team that kind of at times has been like just above 500 where you're Mm -hmm. like well they're they're good but they're not like great 
Right. They're not dominating. Like, and I think that's been like one of the more obscure things to watch. Like as a Bruins fan, you know, you're used to them going on like these insane tears and kind of like what Calgary fans are experiencing this year. And it's, it hasn't been like that for Boston. Which was going to be inevitable. You know, it, going back to the whole like, okay, so if it, if you come down to a DeBrusque and Dubay, Dubay trade with obviously some draft picks involved, because why not? Right. Uh, Make it pretty. The Bruins are thinking long term, we need to find the next first or second line center, or at the very least, a placeholder a la Philip Daniel in his tenure with Montreal. Granted, that was kind of more long term than you might have originally thought before he <laughs> signed with Los Angeles in, uh, in uh, free agency. But that's the type of deal that you need to make, given how Jack Stunica's development has been fine. He hasn't been putting up the points at the NHL level yet, but he also has only played like 20 games max. So I'm not expecting him to come in and be the one to replace, you know, a David Krejci or Patrice Bergeron, who have combined played like 2000 games for the organization. Well, first of all, at least your roster allows for the youth to come up and play a game or two. Meanwhile, we have Brett Ritchie. Uh, the Flames have loaded up on a lot of veterans, for yeah. better or worse. Yeah, I call that the waiver line because it's just a bunch of old people on the fourth line. Um, unless Adam Rizichka is in, which I don't think he is right now. I could very well be lying to you. But, you know, it's just Brett Ritchie. Brad Richardson, Trevor Lewis. There, there's no one else. Couple better. of, a uh, couple of cup winning yeah. pedigree guys there. Yeah. Obviously, Brad Ritchie. No. <laughs> not yes. to rag on him too much because he is in the NHL, and I'm not, and that's right. You know, something we can debate another day. But <laughs> oh, Brad Ritchie, that man, but. Dylan Dubé, let, now let me tell you about this wonderful, precious child that Please has... Do. You're not I, only trying to convince the Boston fan base, but quite possibly Don Sweeney, who I've personally recommended this podcast to, yeah, of course. I've not lying him, or anything. <laughs> I've totally sent him the link to like every Bruins-related episode ever. Uh, but number one, he's a Calgary guy. And so right there, you know, and Jake DeBrusque is an Edmonton guy. So, you know, there's a little bit of mm, rivalry. But might be an issue when the Battle of Alberta commences. Exactly. But Dylan Dubé is just, he, he's a good player. Like, I think that he's reached his ceiling in Calgary. I don't think that, um, you know, he's necessarily had a true permanent spot, like, in the roster. Because last year he was floating up on the first line. Then he was on the fourth line and he was centering the third line. Like there was just never anything consistent with him. He kind of just hasn't been given the time in general. Yes. He, he came into the league a year after Jake DeBrus. DeBrus came in in 17, 18, played full seasons. Yep. Hasn't played fewer than like 41 games. And that was just in the 56 game season last year. And Dubé in the meantime has played 25 games in his first season. Yeah. And then full seasons thereafter. Yeah, a little he, bit like how Brad Marchand came into the league. Yes. And it's just it's frustrating because like, you know, you obviously want especially like a local guy, but especially a kid 
to come in and, you know, have the opportunity to succeed. And he is so fun to, like, watch on camera. Um, He went to a bunch of Stampeders games over the summer, and he took the time out of his busy day to take pictures with the fans. Like, he wasn't sitting anywhere fancy. He was literally on the Very down to earth, as they say. Yeah, that's, thank you. Very humble, down to earth. You wouldn't, you know... I mean this in the nicest way, but he's very generic looking. Like he's not someone that I would necessarily be like, oh my God, that's Dylan Dubé, like out in public. So I think that bodes well for uh, in a city like Boston where it's a little more populated. But uh, there was a game yeah. one time I got out of work that Adam McQuaid just walked through an entire crowd of people and no one was like, oh my God, it's Adam McQuaid. I was like, he's how so is this handsome. happening right Why now? wasn't it like, what? I mean, there's that, but like everyone that knows the 2011 roster right. would immediately flock to that person. Like Michael Ryder probably will never have to pay for a drink in Boston no. ever again because he's Michael Ryder. So right. why people weren't looking at him, McQuaid, and at least like waving to him, I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Dylan Dubé, great guy. I think that if you give him the time and the consistency of a solid roster spot with strong players around him. Like, that's not a knock to Calgary's roster, you know, like a obviously. guy like Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. You know, it, it could yeah. really elevate his play. Right. Not and that I Eric Hall is playing above his level of competition <laughs> right now, but, like, that's kind of what happens when you're surrounded by stars. Right. And there's just a certain level to, you know, you want to reach. And I think that if anyone can learn, like, is is a young guy who is still relatively young in his career and has the chance. And I think that, um, like I said, he's very likable. I feel like I'm trying to sell you someone for like the bachelor, right. but. <laughs> and, and the weird thing is like, we thought of the same player. Right. To begin with, without, without saying, like, without hey, are you conversing. I've and sent you show notes two minutes before we jumped on this call. <laughs> and then I also wanted to point out that like Boston's whole thing with Jake DeBrusque is to avoid pulling a reverse Cam Neely. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? When the Vancouver Canucks were like, yeah, this Neely kid, he probably won't pan out to be that much. I mean, mm -hmm. we've given him so many chances. Boston's offering us Barry Peterson. Peterson, an established NHL veteran. And uh, well, Ooh. Brad Marchand is like two goals away from tying Cam Neely for one of the top five spots in goals right. in franchise history. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the meantime would be the, the Cam Neely, except he's already proven himself as an NHLer. He can score goals. Will he get to 30 ever is, is a different question, but a 20 goal scorer every season. Isn't that it's bad? Not bad, especially when they can produce in the playoffs. And I think that is something that Calgary is really going to be looking for and looking at, Especially if they can get someone at a low price or, right. you know, that doesn't come with that $7 million cap hit or something and insane. That speaks to the fact that Jake DeBrusque has all the cards right now because yeah. he has a negotiating power with other teams to talk about potential extensions. That also brings in a downside a little bit in that, you know, if he talks to, say, the Arizona Coyotes and they're saying, we're going to offer you long term lots of money. Cool. But what if he doesn't want to go to the Coyotes because he wants to win right now? Right. Then he can just nix that trade and be like, right. no, Boston, I'm not going to listen to this. And now the Flames are stuck, still looking for someone. Now, exactly. if the Flames come in and say, here's the plan, 
you know, it might take us to kind of being in an awkward situation, reminiscent of the days of Auntie Naomi in Chicago, but not entirely the same. Uh, because back then, Naomi was with the organization for many years and got into that role, won the cup, and then was like, what do you mean you don't want to pay for a goaltender? Right. I'm your goaltender. And they went to San Jose. In this case, it would kind of be like that in the sense that Calgary doesn't really have that much cap space. Before trying to I, like, even, even create this DeBrusque for Dubé trade, the Flames have about 800000 roughly, a little more, a little less, to deal with at the deadline itself. Yeah. So you're going to have to get kind of creative. And then, you know, when you plan ahead for the next two or three seasons, how much are you willing to pay Jake DeBrusque? Right. Do you look at him and say, would you take a two-year bridge deal worth $2 million a season? Or does he come back and say, I want six years at $4 million. It's a little less than my qualifying offer, sure, but it comes with six years as opposed to a one-year extension. Right. Should you get to that point where you just give him the offer, you can't touch that money while you're trying to sign other people, you sign other people, and then eventually he comes around to the idea that, yeah, sure, for one year I'll do this, and then we'll renegotiate. And if you score 50 goals, it's great for him, not great for Calgary. Exactly. And I think the thing is with this cap space is, again, trying to make Calgary the most attractive team that you can while you have the opportunity, but also kind of hope that some of your stars are willing to stick around. Yeah, and kind of take like a little bit of a team-friendly deal because Matthew Kachuk's qualifying offer is $9 million. So if you do that math real quick, you could spend almost $15 million. We're just going to round up for the sake yep. of pretending that you don't have any of that money to begin with. Yep. Uh, not not to knock Flames fans down a little bit, but just to it's, get into the mindset. We the are a realistic manager. group on Locked On Flames. So I, I enjoy the critical thinking skills. I, you know, critical thinking was one of my favorite things in school me too i i, I, I excelled at those reading comprehension explain your answer say less math can't do it but when you want no. to explain like why did this happen and then this subsequently i got you there's your five paragraph essay right <laughs> mcas on the other hand no <laughs> oh i don't know if y'all have standardized testing in canada but uh probably not i would hope pro- not, no anyway. probably not because they're like not us <laughs> They aren't defined by their education. And... First of all, Canada is like, let's teach the kids like two languages at least right, simultaneously and not like by the time you get to middle school, you get to choose. And then right. if you're me, you pick Spanish because first of all, Spanish is awesome and amazing. But then you go travel to Montreal like five years later and you're like, well, it's, that... it's not quite you... French. But why do you think I will not go with like with my work friends? None of us know French. <laughs> so it would be I, very bad i thankfully had a teacher in first grade that taught us you know first grade level french but that oui, oui. only gets me so far in a tim hortons in quebec city yeah uh so what were we to ta- oh cap space yeah so the flames gotta get a little creative and i and i say this and i've said it since the beginning of the season if no out of matthew kachuk and johnny gaudreau I think that Johnny is more likely to take a team-friendly deal. 
And that is not to knock Matthew Kachuk because we we do love him. We do love the rat wife on this show. But <laughs> he should go chase that bag the same way Brady did. And I Absolutely. think that he has that outside influence from his father. And for Johnny Gaudreau, it's, it's a simple thing of being around long enough to see what the Nathan McKinnons across the league have done or what yep. Patrice Bergeron has done his entire career, where if you just take a couple million less, you can keep a guy like Matthew Kachuk in town, or right. you can have a guy like Miko Ranton in, in town, or you can have David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, and Brad Marchand all at less of the cost than half the Toronto Maple Leafs first line, you know, whatever it is. No, exactly. And that's, the very important part of all of this and then uh, you could just be like let's blow up the cba and go with you know luxury tax or whatever right which would be so that, much better eh, i don't know i don't what know it, does it no. matter does any of this matter could you imagine if like one day you wake up and you're like oh austin matthews has signed a 350 dollar million contract 350 million dollar contract over the next 10 years like that's insane yeah but that's what we see in baseball and more likely premier league given baseball's yeah. in a lockout currently yeah <laughs> that sounds familiar in the hockey realm right but is there anything else you want to add to uh jake debrusque's to his resume yeah uh, i was gonna say like how we great can guy loves the up. game he's not phil kessel but you know <laughs> Maybe likes hot dogs. I don't know. We just have to send yeah. some guy in Toronto out there to find out. We'll um, figure it out. He's he's pretty good. He's he's pretty neat. I think that he's. He is. I think he'd easily become a fan favorite in Calgary, and especially anywhere. If he can, yeah, anywhere. But I mean, I'm I'm selfish. In this, in this episode, we're sending him to Calgary, whether right. he likes it or not. Right. He's getting airdropped. Um, and you know what? I I don't know. If I'm going to get flack for saying this, but I am someone who looks at players as human beings. And I know that DeBrusque is a very big family man who yeah. loves his mom, loves his dad, loves that adorable dog. Would being back in Alberta closer in, to pro in proximity to his family help him? Possibly. I mean, I, I think he's in a much better place now compared to yeah. during the pandemic. Yes. But, I mean, you also don't want to get too far into what we do or don't know or speculate. Right. Exactly. About like you can't speculate. And that's, yeah. As, as we said, they're human beings. Not, right. There, there are no such thing as heroes, just people that do courageously brave things at a time when they're required to or step up to do yeah. because it wasn't a requirement and they still did it anyway. So, Jake DeBrusque is human right let's let's see how let's he can flourish treat him like one help him to grow as an individual as opposed to being like well you know why won't you talk to the media after requesting a trade he never came out and said i want to be traded technically it was the agent that did that right and you then know? the and, media and he doesn't necessarily owe anything to people thereafter Beyond when something happens, explaining, hey, this was the reason or this is something that I won't go into a reason about until you write a memoir 20 years after you play the game or something. Right. And then you also have to factor in that the person who or someone from the media, Boston media, 
was tweeting about Jake DeBrusque and then started arguing with Jake's mother on Twitter. So why why would he want to address the media if they're going to be disrespectful towards his mom? Why? Yeah. Not great. No. Calgary but... won't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, I think uh, the comparison in Calgary with their media person, I think they know a little bit of boundaries. They just they get block happy on Twitter. But um, <laughs> it happens. Coming up next, we'll round out the show with our winners and losers of the week. But first, we are going to talk about BetOnline AG. No, BetOnline.net. I am so sorry they changed their website name. BetOnline uh, probably has a fantastic prop and bet for where Jake DeBrusque is going to land and where other trade deadline targets are going to land as well. But from the latest odds, totals, player performance props, uh, BetOnline.net has you covered for your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head on over to the website today and or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, um, for those of you who are new here, hello, hi. On Fridays, I end the show with winners and losers of the week, similar how uh, to how Toronto does their winners and losers of the weekend on Mondays, but we just switch it up. You just so, do it ahead of them. Right. Look, look uh, behind, given it. It's like <laughs> last week, tonight from last week or this week or something. We'll get yeah. John Oliver in here. He'll, he'll sort it out. Exactly. So do you want to start off with a winner or a loser? Since you're the guest, I'll let you go first. Well, should we pick a player or a team? For the first winner or loser. Well, I'm going with a league for my loser. Okay. So would you like to explain? Yes, I'm going with Love the how I just flipped that back at you. <laughs> right. I'm going with the WNBA for finding the New York Liberty uh for <laughs> chartering planes and five hundred thousand dollars because they wanted their players to travel. Uh, comfortably and not miss flights anymore and that's been a huge issue in the WNBA and it's supposedly against the CBA but the owners were like no like we can fund flights for the entire league for the next three years and other owners were like no like players are going to get too comfortable with that so no we'll keep flying commercial you know professional players that have risen in their standards as of since the NBA took over the the mainstay of mm-hmm. we're actually going to invest in this product, <clears throat> NHL. Uh, not not saying that Nick, for the record, nearly Nick enough. said that, not me. Please, <laughs> right? That that was me saying that I would love to see some sort of resolution between the professional hockey federation and every entity that has something to say about the women's game being for some reason less than what it actually is because it's incredible what they do from a night to night basis. Mm -hmm. And more recently in the growth of their branding and interaction with the fans and other communities that just surround themselves around the game itself or sports in general, the audience is there, Mm -hmm. put it on TV like the WNBA and people will watch. And 
And a winner this week might just be the U.S. women's national soccer team. Yep. To an extent, you know, because there's always still going to be an issue turf, for example. But uh, Turner Sports getting the contract for 2023 and beyond. A tremendous That's thing. huge. Because a lot of people have TNT and TBS available to them. Of course, you might have to get HBO Max as well. But, uh, you know, here's my recommendation to Turner Sports. Put the women's games on TV. Put the men's games on HBO Max. The women's team is better. The women's team is better. And, like, I'm not just saying this as, like, a women's sports, like, propagandist. Uh, but, like, there's a clear difference in the product. Yes. And for starters, the women's team makes the World Cup every four years. Right. The men's team doesn't. No. And coming out of last weekend where when I was down helping the Metropolitan Riveters on their game day stuff, there was a New Jersey Devils practice right before the game. And people were like, I've heard of this team, but I don't know where to watch it. I like none of the local newspapers are covering it nothing and i was like well that's my job to help you right. and to help the you can media. tune in to you so thank you so much for helping and like letting me know because that's feedback you don't know you're giving like the right person right. but it's also like you share a practice facility with the devils why aren't the devils also what is the like, definition of this partnership if anything right and as of right now i, I think they don't officially have anything no. beyond being like just use our practice facility yeah. because as far as i'm aware it's one that's of solid. like three ranks in the area available to you right basically but you know i i don't know i just i'm hopeful i think that there are a lot of amazing things going on in women's sports especially uh last week or the week before no it was the beginning of I don't remember when it was. It was recently when the women's soccer team, the U.S. national team, won that lawsuit. They settled mm -hmm. the lawsuit for a big chunk of money. And I know, obviously, it gets delegated to different players and whatnot. But to have that be seen and be heard is huge. More than just symbolic or, yeah. you know, your minor little like, oh, well, you know, here's we let you agree to play in this tournament for X, Y or Z. But like you're still going to have to fight over the same thing the next tournament. Exactly. As as what has happened to the U.S. women's hockey team yeah. in, say, the world championship venue of arenas. Um, again, another winner, PHF in the uh, the Tampa Bay. Yeah. Isabel Cup playoffs announcement and the logo more so i just want to talk about the logo looking <laughs> incredible <laughs> the logo is so fun right and the colors used are just gorgeous and you compare that to the supposed leak that has appeared yeah. for the 2022 stanley cup final which is like oh i see we're going the route that mlb and the nba went for their world series and nba finals which is like the most generic font that you can find. Yeah. And well, in this case, they threw the Stanley Cup in there, which cool. I encourage sports leagues to have the trophy in the championship logo itself. But like, so when are we going to have it say like sponsored by YouTube TV at some point? Because literally that's, yeah, that's what that's next. why they've made this logo. <laughs> right. And I think for my winner, like I am just, I, I 
don't know which sponsorship it was, and I'm sorry for that, but my winner is uh, whoever that sponsorship was uh, that paid out all the tickets so PHF fans could go to the game for free. And I think that's super awesome. Honestly, I think I'm going to go down to Tampa because, one, I need a vacation. You absolutely should, first of all. (laughs) Like, yes, I work for the Ribs, but, like, also, like, I need a vacation. It's Tampa. It's nice there. I was just thinking about how it's still winter here and hating it earlier today. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm freezing. I've looked at flights. I'm like, just get me on a plane and get me some hockey. I want to wear shorts for once. Right? Like, so I'm very happy to see that the game is becoming more accessible especially in terms of the women's product because it's it's so good it's a blast to watch and just the personalities in the league are on a whole different level where else can you get a a storyline of you know competitors going against one another and then going home and being like Hey, so do right. you want to get pizza tonight, or you know, right? What, like, what are we doing here? Right? Do you want? Sorry to about winning earlier. Do you want me to run in and pay? Like, you know, it's just it's so awesome, and you need to see some of that in the IHL one of these days, right? Like, at, at anyone in the IHL, just like go home. It it doesn't even have to be someone in a relationship. It can just be like Jamie Drysdale and his roommate being like, "We beat this team tonight. I had a goal. You didn't." I've got, you know, Chipotle on speed dial. Let's <laughs> celebrate with burritos. Exactly. We need some of the everyday comfort food content right. in our daily lives. I swear to God. It makes when, the players seem more like us. Right. Like when I went over to Anya and Madison Packer's house for media day and Anya, like she had the whole thing catered. But then at the end of the night, <laughs> I forget which player it was. I think it was uh, Brooke Avery. She ordered a pizza, and I had never seen this before, but there was, like, penne and sauce oh, yeah. on the pizza. And I was like, that is so cool. I've seen that once or twice. I've uh, never seen that. I don't know that. if I would go for it, but... It's delicious. I mean, it's all carbs, so you know that's well, my that's my shtick, so... Carbs are great, though. Yeah. <laughs> Not also running another winner. the next day, though. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a loser of the week? Other than Beck's classic song. No, uh, (laughs) let's see. There was a team that did lose a lot, but then they won the other night. That would be the Seattle Kraken. But since they didn't lose their eighth game in a row, they aren't a loser of the week. The Ottawa Senators are currently on a three-game losing streak, so I guess they're kind of a loser of the week. Yeah. Yeah. By default. Uh, But there is no this week in the Ottawa Senators, as I often say on my show. I have a whole (laughs) segment just devoted to the chaos around the NHL. Usually yeah. it comes out of Ottawa. But, That's uh, what we week. do on Western Conference Wednesday. We it's almost always Arizona or Vegas. For a while it was San Jose with Evander Kane, but now it's Edmonton with yeah. Evander Kane. Yeah. Uh San Jose. I think I will give them a little bit of a, a loser of the week sort of status though, because uh going into this year, they were all saying, like, we're a playoff team. They're not. They have a minus 25 goal differential. They're seventh in the Pacific Division below the Vancouver Canucks. Only by four Ooh. points. And we, we can talk about how the Pacific Division in general is separated by like, just doing the math real quick. 
a lot of points between Calgary and Seattle, but yeah. the first like three spots are all within 10 points, maybe even seven or five, depending on the day that you look at it. But the San Jose Sharks have a minus 25 goal differential. I'm excluding Seattle from this because they're expansion team and turns out expansion teams can be like expansion teams. It's not all Vegas every a hundred years apparently right. uh but san jose is just so disappointing you would expect it with the goaltending situation going into the season you didn't quite expect it given the forward group and the defense sure they might have depth issues it might be like how calgary was a few years ago except calgary was still playoff contenders somehow the sharks aren't nearly at that level where they want to be where they said they'll be and well now we're starting to think about okay so you're a lot of points away from even having the possibility of really being in contention for the lottery for shane Wright this july but hope for the best i mean if you want like there's always there's always that chance yeah joe pavelski's not walking through that door though he's in dallas these days and joe thornton Definitely isn't want to isn't going to walk him back because he could very well win his first cup with the Florida Panthers. Remember when Florida used to be like the last stop? Yeah, like you know Scott Gomez would go there and you'd be like, okay, right, that's fun to see. And then Brian Campbell played there briefly. And I would say Brian Boyle too, but he ended up. He's played like everywhere at this. Yeah, he's he's the new Lee Stepniak. Yeah, seriously. Oh my God, where is he? He's in Pittsburgh now. That he is. Oh my uh, God. San Jose, I mean, all the other teams that we've just expected to be bad have been bad. But this was the week that they decided to be like, yeah, we'll admit it now. Like, we we don't know what to do. We have to trade people. But yeah. we signed terrible contracts, and now yeah. you're stuck. Yeah, and their one uh, redemption point is that they're apparently not shopping hurdle so you know they've they've got that i guess but so that's... instead of talking hurdle for dubay you, you had me come on and talk to brusque for dubay that's that was the overarching plan here ladies and gentlemen the magic of it all so thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of locked on flames you can find this show anywhere you get your podcasts and uh follow me on twitter at just belmosto Nick, please plug all of your work and where we can find you on social media. I will do no such thing. I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> I have have my own website, Down the Frozen River, downthefrozenriver.com. Simple enough. Uh, you can go there for occasional things that I'll try to write a lot more of. Uh, and usually Bruins recaps and Bruins notes and things. And uh, also have a podcast, Down the Frozen River. You can also find that on downthefrozenriver.com. <laughs> You're typically been updating that every week sometimes it goes like 10 14 days in between but uh we talk about all things in the nhl so if you like more than just calgary things or you want to hear about a thing outside of what's going on at stampede this year then uh listen to that maybe or don't yeah. it's fine no you, you should listen me either to way. it listen to it and, uh, uh yeah. at 53 on twitter if you feel like following me for random hockey stats and things Truly the encyclopedia of hockey and anybody who listens can fully jump on board the higher Lancy train. So please do. 
<laughs> thank you so much for uh stepping away from the Bruins game to Thanks for having me. Oh my god, of course. Always. It's always a pleasure. Um it's almost been a year since I texted you and was like I need you to come on. Daryl Sutter has been brought on. So And look I, at what's happened now. Yeah, seriously. I'm Everything that's doing... old is new again. Like I'm going to play annual 2001 after this. <laughs> right. I plan on doing like a whole year of Sutter uh kind of episode and would love to have some outside voices come on. So I'm sure I will uh persuade you or beg you to come on that show. <laughs> you don't have to beg me. I don't have anything going on. <laughs> well, that is all. And we will see you on Monday. Bye, guys. Bye, Flames fans.